0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded in the beautiful Fairfield Inn and Suites, Duluth, Georgia. This week, something unique, talking about those 2020 travel resolutions. Thanks for listening. Hello. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back, and welcome to the first podcast of 2020. We made it. Yay. Another decade in the books, and for some reason, there was a lot of hype going into 2020. It may have been some of the Barbara Walters, this is 2020 memes, or some of the political nobody's going to need glasses because they'll be 2020. i All over the road, and I can kind of me look back and reflect a little bit when we uh, emerged into the 2000s with Y2K being in the technology corridor. There was a lot of hype. Nobody really knew what was going to happen. I think the standard blanket advice was if it's got a clock or any kind of a computer chip in it, unplug it on New Year's Eve 1999 because nobody really knew what was going to happen. And we made it out on the other side Okay. So we have a couple traditions at Chateau Relaxo to start off the new year. The very first one is the Christmas decorations come down on New Year's Day. And of course, that is a fiasco. Everybody wants to help decorate the house, but nobody wants to put all the stuff away. So that's one of the traditions. The other one is that we do, for lack of a better term, some kind of a purge. In recent years, a lot of people call it being "conmarried" after the Marie Kondo book, The Life-Changing of Tidy Little Habits or something like that. I know we bought the book. I know it has since been donated to the Little Free Library. <laughs> while we don't go to the extent of folding our clothes the uh, con way, or thanking an item for its service before we throw it into the American Veterans box that comes by about every quarter to pick up the casualties of our latest purge but we do that every single year. And so for me, I have four areas that get attention: my office, my closet, my nightstand, and of course, my luggage. My office is relatively painless. Uh Basically, I go in there with a trash bag, and for the most part, I find a bunch of abandoned hotel keys, along with a fair amount of receipts from long-ago filed expense reports. I'm a huge fan of fountain pens. I love putting wet ink down on paper. Have forever. I have some of my pens I've had for 30-plus years. But somehow, I end up with a fair amount of hotel-branded cheap disposable pens. They say Hilton, they say Marriott, they say Courtyard, Hampton Inn, etc. These get gathered up and along with my coat hangers, I take them to my local dry cleaner. She loves me for it and in return every year she gives me a huge box of Biscoff cookies. So if you've never had Biscoff cookies, they are easily available in your grocery store Or on Delta Flights, they are a great, a phenomenal cookie. So I get rewarded with about four sleeves of Biscoff cookies, and I caught one of the younger residents, I think it was the entrepreneur at Chateau Relaxo, going through a sleeve of one of those cookies looking like a wood chipper. So that's pretty much all that happens in the office. I I love my office. I call it the quintessential southern office. My fear is or my hope is maybe that the guys from American Pickers, if I decide to punch out anytime soon, will come and gather all the little trinkets out of there. My fear is that my wife will sell it to the guys for what I told her I paid for everything that's inside that office. From there, we move over to my closet. This is my biggest contribution to the American Vets. Takes me a little bit longer in here because I have to decide do I need six blue dress shirts for the next six months? Or can I get by with five blue dress shirts? I probably should do one of the, I think it may have been a, a Marie Kondo or Maried suggestion is turn your coat hangers facing you at the beginning of the year. And by mid-year, those clothes that you have not flipped around or hangers that you have not flipped around indicating that you've worn the garment, it's time to donate those. Probably not a bad idea. I still have a pretty big selection of ties, even though we don't wear ties as much as we used to. I think I'm down to three suits at the most. Blue yeah, three suits. So wardrobe has definitely changed in the business world just in the last ten years and in the last thirty years it has changed immensely. When I first got into the business world we were wearing suspenders and cufflinks and all the uh I guess you would call it the art of manliness type akushiman's, but that has since passed. From my closet, I move on to my nightstand, also known as the dumping grounds. After trips, I typically unpack as soon as I get home, unless I get home at some crazy late hour, and one of the things I do is I, of course, take all my dirty clothes to the dirty clothes basket, but I also pull out all kinds of odd stuff out of my suitcase, and it ends up in one of the three drawers in my nightstand. And so part of my purge is every year I go through those three drawers and see what I find. So this year it was four decks of playing cards, numerous charging cables from mini USB to iPhone. It seems like every time you buy something, somebody gives you yet another charging cable, had a handful of hotel magazines, and of course more hotel room keys. And I at one point Years ago, probably I'm going to say 15, maybe even 16 years ago, when Hotel started branding room keys, is all the guys at the office, we decided that we were going to collect room keys and we had a box easily hundreds. There was 15 of us. So you figure, you know, at least two to three room keys a, a week. I mean, it added up pretty quick. So we had a huge box. And at the time, Hampton had a pretty cool looking Room key, I guess, is as cool as a room key could be. But it was, had a blue background on it and had a stripe down the middle of it with a picture in it. So the thought was in our office, we had huge floor to ceiling glass panes on the front side of everybody's office. And so the thought was that we were going to take all of these cards and make our own. If you've ever been into a Spencer's Gifts in the mall and they sell those beaded uh, drapes or macrame drapes that you hang over the door that we were going to take all of these cards and fill all this space of the floor to ceiling windows with our own homemade drapes. The thought was we were going to punch a hole in the top and the bottom of each car, go down to Bass Pro, get a little D-ring that they use for fishing tackle and connect these. And in theory, this was a wonderful idea until somebody went to Bass Pro and started quickly doing the math And I think the price tag for our little project came in at about $700. After that hit us, we really weren't that enthused to do it. But I think I still have, I'll have to look at my desk drawer at the office. I think I still have a box with probably 100 different cards in it. At the time, they used to brand them with Domino's uh, advertisements, so you could call up Domino's and use your key to get a discount on a pizza. At the time, they used to have a mag stripe on them. Now, most of them are a HID or a proximity sensor, so you just walk up to the door, tap it. And a lot of the Hilton properties even have the keyless room entry through the app on their phone. We are progressing from the days of the 70s with the big honking key with the plastic key ring to now your phone allows you to open the uh, the door in the hotel room. So after my nightstand, I head over to my luggage. It's relatively clean. I usually go through my dop kit. Uh, I have a handful of zippered pouches in there as well. But usually the dop kit gets restocked with fresh Harry's razor blades. For Christmas, that's my go-to gift that everybody seems to give me. And if you've never tried Harry's razor blades, they're phenomenal. My cologne gets replenished. I use a subscription service called Scentbird. And they send me a new vial of cologne. I think every month, every other month, something like that. So I make sure that that's set up and raring to go. And of course, in my stocking every year, I get dental floss. So I throw a new container of dental floss into my DOP kit as well. From there, I go to one of my little bags. I call it my medicine bag with Band-Aids. Band-Aids are restocked. Expired medicine is thrown out. I swear by airborne Pepsid AC and Benadryl. I think I could probably take care of most everything in my body with those three. I don't know how many colds I have put on hold by taking a very dedicated regimen of airborne starting at about 7 a.m. in the morning, followed up at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., and basically going through a whole tube of airborne tablets by late afternoon. But for me, it works. I also make sure that I've got a week or two supply of my vitamins. I use a company called Care-of. They send me my vitamins every month at a little pouch with a little motivational saying on it to pump me up for the day. I guess I really am pretty lazy between the cologne subscription and my vitamin subscription. The last pouch is my catch-all pouch. This has collar stays, chapstick, extra headphones, whatnot. Uh, I look in that and say, do I need to add anything, which is usually collar stays, for some reason, those things don't ever spend a lot of money on collar stays for anybody in your life because they do get, they go to a vacuum. Nobody knows where collar stays go. Kind of look through that zippered pouch and decide, you know, if I take anything out, more than likely I'm going to put it right back into those freshly cleaned nightstand drawers. The last thing I do is I kind of go through my phone and do a little, uh, Marie Kondo or KonMari on that, apps that have a little cloud next to them indicating I haven't used them for quite a while, they get deleted. I look for duplicate type of applications, you know, seriously, how many apps on your phone do you need that tells you what gas station or restaurant is located at the next interstate exit? My guess is one, but for some reason, I've always got a couple of those. Those get gone through, and I have a really bad habit of I am your early adopter for any of you app developers or web developers. I am your target audience i I'll be the first one to pull anything down, and so usually on New Year's Day as well, I kind of go through those and delete all the duplicates and the ones that I don't use very much as far as actual resolutions or travel resolutions. I did a couple of the typical way less move more drink less type resolutions, which I'll usually make it through most of January. And it gives me somewhat of a good head start on the year. But I did a few travel resolutions this year. One of the first ones was to get out a bit more in the evening, especially when traveling alone. You know, when you're traveling with with somebody, it's really easy to head to a local brewery or sports bar to kill a few hours. But traveling solo and spending a few hours night after night in a bar is possibly the first step in a twelve step program. So my goal is to get out and and explore a little bit more in the towns that I'm in, You know, find a bookstore, find a uh, place to work out outside or do something. Currently, I rely heavily on Yelp and Google Reviews, but I did install Eventbrite on my phone the other night, so I'm going to try to leverage that to see what's going on in the towns when I pull into. Between those three apps and asking the hotel staff for the local happenings, this should be a... Fairly easy and fun resolution to keep. The next one is to create and post at least one travel. That's a huge goal. At least one travel themed video. And this should be simple for most everybody, but it's not for me. I've got a GoPro with all the attachments and all the, the things that go with it. And I have tons of content, tons of video and pictures. All of which are stored on the SD card inside the GoPro. Same goes for my drone. If you want an aerial video of my neighborhood, I can certainly hook you up, but I've yet to take it on a trip with me. And I don't, I kind of know why I don't want to be that guy that all of a sudden you're at some park or something. And here comes the guy with the drone and all that. More than likely, knowing how I am, I will be the guy filming the uh, sunset over the lake. The drone's hovering, a light breeze in the air, the sun setting, beautiful setting to the end of the day with, and then suddenly my drone will be the one that drops out of the sky and into the water. But that is a goal to try to do something on YouTube and at least post one travel team video. Hey, you know what? Maybe a, a Casey Neistat moment in my future for something that goes viral. Never know. When it comes to family trips, we're going to change that up a bit. If you followed any of the blog or listened to any of the podcast, it's very typical for us to roll into town and book a reservation on one of the hop-on, hop-off bus tours, which I think is a great way to learn about a city, get a couple different viewpoints. You know, If you get on a bus with a bad driver, hop off, walk around 10 or 15 minutes, catch the next bus, and you get a... Completely different driver with a completely different set of stories. We'll probably continue to do that. The other thing that we do is if we've rented a car, we'll usually take off on a little bit of a road trip and explore the surroundings, but this year is to do something new on each trip. So for instance, we have a trip planned to Savannah, so we're going to do a cooking class one day while we're there and learn how to make some authentic shrimp and grits. Each trip that we plan this year, we're going to tie that into something where we're learning something. Maybe it'll be a year of cooking classes of different cuisine, depending on where we are. You know, if we go back to New Orleans, I'd love to take a cooking class up there. I'm sure we'll be back into uh, the Memphis or the Nashville area, maybe a outdoor smoking uh, barbecue class up there as well. But that's uh, the plan that's going to kind of affect all of us. A little bit of shocking news is I've been issued a cease and desist order from upper management at Chateau Relaxo, and it basically states that I am no longer allowed to bring home any souvenirs from my trips. And this order emanated directly from the kitchen purge, which I am not allowed to participate in because I am a gadget guy and I would not throw out a single cooking gadget that we have, even if we don't use it. But during this year's purge, they found a bottle of maple syrup from Buffalo, some deer sausage in the freezer from Mississippi, and, of course, barbecue sauce from Memphis. So that's what put that that restriction into play. And I was put on a similar restriction a few years ago, except this one, the restriction was no more T-shirts as we were going through a summer purge it was discovered that I had 20 plus t-shirts with various cities imprinted across the chest. And these are the same shirts that you see at the airport. Go buy a Hudson News. You can more than likely buy one shirt for $15 or two for $20 or $24. And of course, that's a deal. I'm buying two of them. That was one a few years ago. Now they've kind of upped it to anything. Uh, of course, the exception to that order is if I am being accompanied by the CEO, then um things will be up for discussion. Because we always bring something back from our trips. I think that will cut in on her fun time as well. Probably the biggest travel resolution for 2020 is to do a better job of monitoring my travel reward programs. And I've always been, I've always said it, I don't want to be one of those guys that is so focused on chasing points. I want to be able to book a trip, go, find my hotel, come back, and just, I don't want to spend the time uh, looking through the websites, trying to find out where I'm going to get the most points for my dollars. So that being said, 2019, I started with the American Express Hilton card last year, and the cards worked out really well, gave me several perks. The first was 12 points for every dollar spent at Hilton Properties, then you throw in 150 1000 hotel points if I spent 4 grand in the first 90 days of 2019, a free weekend night at one of the resort properties. And so for 2019, my goal was lifetime platinum with Hilton, so I knew I would be staying at a lot of Hilton properties, so that 12 points paid off immensely, coupled with they had a another promo that every 10 nights you got 10,000 more points, so it it really worked out well. Well, that Hilton card Was my go-to card, but it came back to bite me probably late summer, maybe even early September when I noticed that that card was a default on my profile. And I looked at my Southwest account and realized that I was going to have a hard time hitting companion pass because of the way that so many of these points. I have, of course, the Southwest card was tied to my Southwest account. So I definitely got double points whenever I flew Southwest, but Short of that, nothing else was coming in. Everything was being tied to that Hilton card. So got online and made that uh, default card for Southwest on all my travel profiles. Fortunately, I hit companion pass for my wife early part of December. What remained was maintaining my Southwest A-list preferred status. This requires 50 flights or 70,000 points. The benefit of A-List, of course, is, again, double points. So when you combine that with the two points on the Southwest card, it adds up quickly. Plus, you get free Wi-Fi, which is always great. Well, as of December 5th, I was sitting at roughly 65,000 points. And so I knew with the holidays, the December points deposited should have been, would have been, more than likely was going to be over 5,000 and I'd hit my 70,000-point threshold. Well, on December 28th, I checked my point balance, and I was stuck at 69,586 points, 414 points short of 70,000. No big deal. figure I'll pull up the phone and call the exclusive Southwest A-list preferred phone hotline. And I think I talked to Kathy or Karen and pleaded my case for 414 points. And Kathy or Karen basically came back to me and said, there are two ways to get points. Either your butt in a seat on a Southwest flight or through the credit card. Well, with three days left in the year, there was no way I was going anywhere near an airport. And I knew that any purchases I made, the points were not going to hit until January. So I did what I preached not to do. I bitch-tweeted, so I took a screenshot of my rewards. I'll put it up in the blog showing that I was short. And just basically wrote a really quick tweet to Southwest. Dear Southwest, cut me some slack. If you hadn't left EWR, which is Newark, I would have made it, and I would have. Southwest quit flying into Newark on Halloween. I had a couple more flights in November into Newark, and I ended up taking United. So I would have definitely hit that 70,000 points. So it was legit. I was moaning, but I was legitimately moaning. I mean, Southwest is my airlines. Well, about 10 minutes later, I get an indicator that I had a reply from Southwest, email us or a direct message us your priority number. Let's see what we can do. So I did that. And uh, Rocky, my uh, Southwest representative, you know, hits me back with another DM. And it's like 414 points short. He said, I haven't seen anybody this close in a long time. We had some guy that was 18 points short several years ago, but it's been a while since we've seen anybody this close. Let me see what I can do. About six hours later, Rocky sends me another DM and goes, I talked to upper management, which who knows, that could have been leaning over the cubicle next to him (laughs) and saying, hey, Brad, can can I just uh, hit 400 points to this guy or not? But lo and behold, I did make a list preferred for the the 2020 travel year. So, yes, I am going to do a better job. And actually, I was talking to my dad the other night, and he said there's a guy someplace that's actually knocking down six figures a year just overseeing point balances for all these road warriors. Now, I don't think I need to pay somebody to do that. I wouldn't mind being the recipient of it. And I've got TripIt, which I could pay TripIt to do it. But this was just sheerly laziness on my part definitely won't happen again this year. So what are your travel resolutions for this year? The good thing about them, like I said, is with travel resolutions, you don't have to get on a scale. You don't have to quit drinking anything. You don't have to exercise more. You don't have to sweat. But feel free to either hit me up on the message through Anchor, put a comment on the blog, or shoot me an email at travelfrick at gmail.com. Here's to a great 2020. Thanks for listening. In safe travels. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.